your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman, and Tommy is traveling right now, so I'm going to be taking you guys on a solo episode on this wonderful Friday. Um, Bit of a slow news day today. A couple of minor signings for the Blues that I'll talk about. Uh, But overall, I kind of want to just give a state of the team sort of episode. Um, You know, we've been so crazy busy with signings and the draft and expansion draft that I feel like it's been a little bit since we've kind of just looked down and looked at this roster and said, all right, what what is this team going to be capable of next season? Um, have Has this offseason gone to plan? What's the deal with Vladimir Tarasenko? All those questions and more I'm planning on discussing on today's episode of the Lockdown Blues podcast. Before we get into that, this episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. So download the Spotify Greenroom app. On Android and iOS devices, follow me at Josh Hyman NHL. Follow Tommy at TWelcher15. Now you can get in on the live conversation you hear every single day on the Lockdown Blues podcast. But without further ado, let's get into this state of the team episode. Um, few depth signings. Um, first and foremost, they signed Kale Rosen, defenseman who recently played for the. Toronto Maple Leafs uh, spent a lot of time in the AHL again just sort of a depth signing nothing too um, impactful there so I mean I think it just it just goes to remind fans that regardless of how nice this roster looks regardless of you know the players that we're making in our 12 forward six defensemen two goalies there are going to be injuries um, and it's always good to just have a lot of depth to inevitably prepare or to prepare for those inevitable injuries i should say um and we saw how much this team has you know was hurting last season for example when colton pareko was out as much as he was a bit disappointing when he did play it was very clear that this team didn't have the depth to prepare for a an injury like that and as much as you know cal rosen's not going to step in and be a difference maker for this team, um, in, you know, in the normal lineup, it's nice to have some recognizable names down in the AHL. Uh, Tommy Cross is another one, uh, Boston College legend. Um, it's nice to have some depth down there just in case of the inevitable injury. You know, you're not relying on young guys too, too much. Like at, at one point last year when we, when we um, called up Tyler Tucker because the defense was so beaten down and battered that our only choice was to call up the only remaining healthy defenseman in the organization it's 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 nice to see that the blues are sort of addressing that a little bit um obviously they're not going out and getting the big names the defensemen that we've been talking about but still um hopefully signings that never see the the roster because that would require some some injuries to happen but we know hockey we know the st louis blues we know that the injury bug seems to always come and find them so who knows maybe those are guys that we'll see get a couple games uh, with the big club, if injuries do happen, another guy, um, Charlie Lindgren, a goalie who hasn't played much 
uh, in the NHL in the past few years, most likely going to spend most of his time, if not all of his time in the AHL. Um, but again, another guy that if worse comes to worse, if injuries do happen, a guy that um, could come in and get in a few games and, and be responsible in, in, in the net. Um, but still, it's looking like the Blues are going to be going with a bennington Huso tandem for next season. And uh, I know a lot of people were a little bit concerned about that. A lot of people wanted the Blues to go out and get a veteran goalkeeper to um, sort of take some take some of the weight off of Bennington's shoulders. But I do think Huso could do a decent enough job back there. He struggled in his rookie season, um, his first full season in the NHL behind Bennington. But Bennington also struggled as well. Um, just because I think that was really more of a reflection of the team's defensive struggles as a whole. And obviously they haven't done a whole lot to um, to fix that, you know, going out and getting a couple forwards, but the defense is still um, looking the same as it was this past season. But with hopefully improvements in the play of Tory Krug, um, and if Justin Falk continues to play like the best defenseman on this team, and Colton Pareko, you know, after a full offseason of recovery, if he even you know gets back to seventy five percent of what he was during that cup run, I think that there's enough um, enough talent on the defensive end to take some of the pressure off of Bennington and Huso if he does end up being our backup goalie. But again, we've been saying it uh, this whole offseason that I think the Blues need to go out and get themselves a, a defenseman to sure up that that top six. Um, but as of right now, it's looking like one of or two of Wallman, Mikola, and Perunovic is going to be asked to bear a heavy load this upcoming season on the defensive end, getting consistent minutes um, in, you know, in that sixth defenseman spot with the other two sort of rotating out. I think Wallman showed a lot of promise um, late in the season, was really responsible on the defensive end, looked really, really strong. So if he's that guy, uh, I don't think, I don't think a lot of blues fans will have a problem with that. I think he could definitely anchor down the defensive end, but at the same time, I feel like with all the upgrades to the forward core, it still feels like they're one piece away on defense. Um, we've been talking about a potential Tarasenko trade to, you know, the Islanders or wherever, maybe they'll do it. just a basic hockey trade, swap Tarasenko for a defenseman that can shore up the, the defense for this team. But again, that's just all hypothetical. You can't really, lean on that as of right now it would be great but as of right now you have to assume that the defense is going to be looking like this unless they go out and get a free agent and there are a couple of names still on the board or still you know still available in free agency the blues could go after but i don't think doug armstrong's in too much of a rush i think like we've been saying his first priority should be trading vladimir tarasenko and there was a recent athletic article that i want to talk about that sort of get gets into that trade um, or the lack thereof, I should say. So I want to get into that. But before we do, we're going to take a short break, um, get some get some ad reads in there. But definitely stay tuned. Tarasenko talk coming up, as well as looking at, again, the Brandon Saad signing and the Pavel Buchnevich trade uh, and the state of this forward core, because I spent the first half of this episode talking about defense. So I want to look at the forward core. I want to look at the Tarasenko trade, so don't go anywhere. All right, so I think two nights ago at this point, at about 11.45 Eastern, almost midnight, Jeremy Rutherford tweeted out, got some Tarasenko news you all are going to want to stay up for. 
Um, of course, it sent everyone into a frenzy, thinking, "What the heck? What 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 would he possibly be dropping that that wasn't confirmed by LeBron or Friedman?" People were saying, "Oh, he's going back to the KHL, or he's changed his mind. He he's not requesting a trade." First and foremost, uh, anyone who thinks that Vladimir Tarasenko is going to change his mind is delusional. Uh, as much as I wish that could be the case, as much as I wish that they could repair their relationship and Vladimir Tarasenko could come back next season and score 40 goals and, you know, all is good, that's not happening. Uh, just from all the reports about the relationship being between him and the Blues being, you know, irreversibly damaged and the reports about the medical staff screwing up his, his diagnosis and not fixing the, the tendon damage in his shoulder and all that stuff, it really even if that is leaked by the Tarasenko team all signs point to Tarasenko wanting out bad and I think that's part of the reason why Doug Armstrong is being so patient he doesn't want Tarasenko to just be able to force his hand like that he's not going to make a trade for the sake of making a trade sort of like what we're seeing out of the Eichel camp um the Buffalo's GM basically came out and said Talks are quiet on the Eichel front but that's just because we haven't gotten the offer yet we're not gonna we're not gonna make a trade just for the sake of, like I said, making a trade. We're going to wait until the good offer comes around, but until then, Jack Eichel is a member of the Buffalo Sabres. And I think it's the exact same for the Blues and Vladimir Tarasenko. I think there's zero chance that he starts the season as a member of the St. Louis Blues, but with free agency you know, coming and going, with the draft coming and going, with the expansion draft coming and going, there's now no real timer on this trade other than the start of next season. So if Doug Armstrong wants to wait until the last possible minute until teams get desperate, he can do that. That being said, the athletic article that Rutherford released was basically talking about how the patience or maybe even the stubbornness that Doug Armstrong has shown in regards to a Vladimir Tarasenko trade has sort of uh, screwed the blues over a little bit and has led to them not having as many options as they once had. Uh, I believe the article said that at one point there were four teams interested confirmed and now there's only two there could be more but with teams going out and you know getting guys in free agency it's sort of lessened their need for a guy like Vladimir Tarasenko Vladimir Tarasenko excuse me um and I I could see that and I could see why that's uh, an angle that you could take an opinion that you could have but my opinion and maybe it's just the optimist in me is that Armstrong waiting it out is kind of smart. Um, even if there's only two teams left in on Vladimir Tarasenko, it was always going to be um, hard for Doug Armstrong to get good value in a trade like this with a guy that's played 34 games in the past two seasons, coming off three shoulder surgeries and has demanded a trade and from all accounts isn't isn't the best for for team chemistry like with with the whole demanding a trade thing and the power play time thing it it doesn't seem like um there's there was ever going to be a huge market for Vladimir Tarasenko before the expansion draft before the trade or before the NHL entry draft before free agency so it really feels like if Armstrong had made a trade earlier it would have been just for the sake of making a trade now if the reports are true that there were teams interested without Armstrong retaining salary then I do think Armstrong made a mistake there um, and he might be overvaluing Tarasenko a little bit Um, but I I also think that going out and like the Blues getting Brandon Saad and Mike Hoffman coming off the market now teams that are desperate for a goal scorer 
like the New Jersey Devils have been uh, clearly rumored to be looking for a, a top six winger who can score goals. The New York Islanders are another team that's been looking for a top six winger that can score goals. The Toronto Maple Leafs, not saying the Maple Leafs are going to trade for him because they already have enough of their cap problems, but there are teams that I think we're going to, that we're trying to get a scoring winger in free agency that we're unable to. And now as a result, they may circle back and look at Vladimir Tarasenko and say, okay, we weren't interested in him before because we saw Brandon Saad. We saw Mike Hoffman. Uh, we saw other guys in free agency. Um, maybe even teams that were interested in Jack Eichel that are now going to say, okay, those options have, have uh, dried up. We're not getting those guys or the Jack Eichel asking price is too high and their GM is being, being too stubborn. Maybe it increases the interest in Vladimir Tarasenko. Obviously I still think the blues are going to lose whatever trade that they make. I don't think they're going to get a proper return quote unquote. I don't think they're going to get, you know, a bunch of picks and prospects or whatever. If, if this were just a, a regular trade without a guy requesting without Tarasenko requesting it without the injuries, you know, the, the peak Vladimir Tarasenko's return is I think way higher than what it'll inevitably be. But at this point, I really would just be satisfied with anything for him. As much as it pains me to say that, as much as I would love to see them go out and get, you know, Wallstrom, Bavillier, and picks for Tarasenko or something ridiculous like that, or a Tarasenko for Gachuk, one for one. As much as I would love that, as much as it's fun to sit here and think about the hypotheticals of that, it's not going to happen. Um, we saw what Pavel Buchnevich got firsthand, Blaine a second. Um, and that was underwhelming. Obviously, the flip side, we saw what Seth Jones got, and it was astronomical return um, for the Columbus Blue Jackets. But uh, again, I, I don't think that it would be reasonable to expect a huge return for Tarasenko. And at this point, I just want it to get done. It feels like the most painful breakup ever. It's just getting prolonged at this point. And I would love to be able to look at this team without an asterisk, without saying... Oh, without, I, I'd love to just be able to say, here's the lineup, here are the players. We don't have to say... Maybe Tarasenko will be on the line. Maybe whoever we get for him will be here. I would love to just know the return, know what players we're getting back for him, being able to build the lineup without him in it and with whoever we get back. But for the time being, we just got to wait for Doug Armstrong to find the right trade. And he has all the leverage he could possibly have. Obviously, that is still very, very little because, again, Tarasenko demanded a trade. He's got injury history. Teams knows he wants out. So Armstrong has very little leverage, but he's going to take advantage of whatever leverage he does have. So I don't think we can, we should hold our breath. I think it could be a couple of weeks before we see a trade. I think it could happen when I finish recording this episode. You know, that's just the state of, of trades right now. And it, it really, as I've said a million times throughout this process, it really depends on what the perceived value for Tarasenko is. And there's no way to know that until there's no way to know his perceived value until a trade happens. Obviously, the fact that Seattle didn't take him when he was exposed should be a red flag in, in sort of indicating that his value is pretty dang low, but we'll have to just wait and see. And that's been a lot of what this offseason has been, has been waiting and seeing. So before we get into the third segment of this episode where I'm going to be sort of just wrapping up this offseason as a whole up until this point, I want to tell you guys about our good friends over at Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. If you don't know the Bilt Bar flavors, well, you're definitely missing out. You got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get yourself a mixed box 
where they'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are the Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're also healthy too. You're getting 17 to 18 grams of protein per bar. Calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. And Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So if you're watching the Olympics, you need a snack. You can be eating the same the same food as the, the track and field team, which is awesome. So go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And when we return... I'm going to be talking about the state of the team as a whole for the offseason up to this point, so don't go anywhere. Blues have gone out. They've made a bunch of moves this offseason, obviously. We've been talking about them here. Traded for Pavel Buchnevich. Signed Brandon Saad. Signed a couple depth pieces. Have yet to trade Vladimir Tarasenko, but, you know, we've talked about that more than enough. Right now, I kind of want to just look and say, okay, if the Blues started this season with this roster right now, Sands, Vladimir Tarasenko, and without taking into account whatever, whoever they acquire for him, whether it's a player that's going to impact the roster now or draft picks and prospects for later, whatever, right now, is this roster capable of competing for a playoff spot in the Central? I think absolutely. Um, I saw a model that came out that had them projected to finish second in the Central with 99 points. I would not be surprised to see that to see them end up there second in the central. And I think Colorado's obviously always going to be a threat, always going to be the favorite to win the division. But after that, I think Chicago, even with, excuse me, even if Marc-Andre Fleury does play, I still think that they're, they're still a little bit weak. Uh, and I don't think that they'll, they'll be too much of a threat for the blues. Obviously I think it's going to be really close. I think that any, any team in the central, you could make an argument for uh, finding a playoff spot if they get hot at the right time. But the Blues have made some really strong improvements. They have addressed their struggles last season, and obviously last season they did make the playoffs. Granted, it was a pretty embarrassing defeat in the first round, but they looked at their struggles. They looked at the areas that they needed to improve, being 5v5 play and special teams, and they've improved those drastically. 5v5 play, most importantly. I think this team has been... One in the past that's been a little bit frustrating to watch at 5v5, and they've been unable to generate uh, consistent offense. It's stagnated a little bit, but with the additions of Saad and Buchnevich, two guys that are really, really strong at 5v5, um, Buchnevich especially, I think that this this offense is going to look completely different next year. It's going to be completely rejuvenated. Um, even though losing guys like Jaden Schwartz is tough, we know Jaden Schwartz has a, has a, the tendency to go a little bit cold for long stretches in the in the regular season. And Pavel Buchnevich and Brandon Saad, or at least Pavel Buchnevich is sort of the opposite in the fact that he's very consistent in driving his offense. Brandon Saad is too. Obviously, there are times that he struggles to produce points, but he's always a guy that has been really, really good at driving offense. Sometimes he just struggles with his finishing. But depending on what line they end up on, um, they should be really they should do a really good job of creating chances for their teammates, for their line mates. Um, and it, it, I think it's going to be a bit of a different in, a different offensive style than we saw last season, especially with Mike Hoffman. As good as he was, he was definitely out of place in this offense and was just sort of alone in the way that he played the spot-up shooter sort of role. As much as that was great to have, I think Brandon Saad and Pavel Buchnevich both fit this offense a lot better than Mike Hoffman ever did. And the fact that Mike Hoffman was the second leading scorer on this team, or I think second highest in goals or whatever, 
uh, goes to show that the fact that even though he was out of place in this offense, he was still able to produce makes me really excited to see what Buchnevich can do um, and what Brandon Saad can do as well. I've already said Buchnevich would have been in the top three in scoring if he were on the Blues last year with his point production, and he's only 26. So he, he's going to be great for this team. Um, I think a lot of people are are saying, oh, he's a he's a bottom six forward, or no way he'll be a first-line forward. I think those people are underestimating his potential. Again, he is young, and he is in an even better fit for his game than he was in New York. He did get helped from with his line mates in, in New York a little bit, but who, it's not like he's going to be playing with poor line mates in St. Louis. He could be ended up with O'Reilly, Perron, Shen, Cairo, who knows. Um, but he will be able to play on the right side with the addition of, of Brandon Saad, which is his preferred playing spot. So I think he is going to be really, really good for this team next year. Could potentially score 25 plus goals. Could even sneak up around 30. Who knows? Um, Brandon Saad, again, should be a guaranteed 20 goal scorer for this team. Um, so you're adding like 40, 45, 50 goals right there just with those two guys, not to mention the fact that Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas will both continue to get better. Um, again, we've been saying it a lot. I think the defense is the last piece of the puzzle that needs a little bit of improvement, whether that comes with the last few days of free or the, you know, the next few days of free agency or Tarasenko trade, whatever. Um, but I think that this team is headed in the right direction. I do think that there's a bit of rumblings that they may be gearing up for a big off season next year going after a guy like Matthew Kachuk could potentially happen. So it would be a little unfortunate if if we had to sort of sit and wait a season for that to happen. But I do think this season is going to be a whole lot of fun. I think this team's going to be a lot of fun to watch at 5v5. Power play could be deadly as well. Uh, it's going to be a fun season. I'm anxiously awaiting to see how the, the rest of the offseason plays out with the looming Tarasenko trade. And we're going to have that all covered for you here on the Locked On Blues podcast. So make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. That way you'll never miss a new upload. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Locked On Blues and soon to be YouTube. Make sure you follow me on Twitter and Spotify Greenroom at Josh Hammond NHL. Follow Tommy on Twitter and Spotify Greenroom at TWelcher15. Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned this weekend. We should have some extra episodes coming out for you guys. And as always, let's go Blues.